0: vr training platforms like the one developed by fundamental vr and orbis international are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients
1: as you practice each skill the muscle memory starts to develop
0: learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact are the old world picturesque shores of europe calling you set sail on an adventure with avalon waterways enjoy an elevated cruising experience Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences, with fewer people, and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com.
2: KFI AM640, you're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeart Radio app. John and Ken Cho. John Cobelt and Ken Champo. It's KFI AM 640. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, then after 4 o'clock. John and Ken on demand. It's uh, the podcast version. Right
3: now, looks like we have a chance to talk to one of the business owners who actually operated a business underneath the 10 Freeway near downtown Los Angeles, which was
2: devastated by the fire last weekend. Uh, his name is Rudy Serafin. Uh, His business uh, was supplying the garment district with hangers, cardboard, and other items. And right now he's out, according to Fox 11, he's out of $800,000 in equipment and trucks, still trying to make deliveries, still trying to keep going. He was subleasing from Anthony Noade, who held the lease from Caltrans. And uh, Rudy is telling uh, reporters that Caltrans knew... That Noade was there for many years, and uh, I, I think when you find out how many, you're, you're going to be stunned. We got him? Hey, uh, are, you, are you there, Rudy? Yes, yeah, sir. Rudy, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, we're really sorry about what happened to your business there. All right. Um, t- t- how long have you had that business uh, on on uh, Noade's leased property?
4: Uh, I opened my business. Uh, I believe since '99, but I, in that property, I've been there since uh, 2009, December
2: 2009. 2009, and Caltrans yeah. knew that Noaid had sublet all these businesses, and they knew that you were there with your business. I'm pretty sure, yes.
4: You know, I, I mean, uh, a very kind, very kind man, uh, which was the inspector. Well, I hope I don't get him in trouble uh used to go there uh, every year and he he was very 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 kind and very uh uh nice man um i mean he used to talk with me and he used to go around and check around the place
2: right so you you actually showed him around
4: i would show him around when, when or whenever someone knew uh, i would tell the person the, the new tenant that uh, i wasn't in charge But uh, I felt me and him used to uh, talk very well, and like I said, he's a very kind man. So, you know, I would just tell tell the other people, hey, he's he's a cow trans guy. He just needs to look around. And he would look around, and that would be it, you know?
2: How long were homeless people living under the uh, overpass?
4: Homeless has, uh, when I got there, there was no homeless. Uh, The homeless situation is getting worse, maybe like eight years um, back gotten even more worse in the last couple of years but i have to say there was no homeless there there was no homeless in front of the door like i, I uh, my my door to come in was on uh on the side of lawrence and uh, and uh there was no homeless there there was no homeless there used to be homeless on the uh, uh on the side of the ramp right and there was no homeless yeah and there was no homeless. On the 14th side, only till the very, to the very end of the of the block, there was a few people that used to live there.
3: Yeah. Right. Do you do you have I any thought. idea who, how this fire started?
4: I, you know, when I when I was seeing the raging fire, I obviously thought that uh that it that it was the homeless because this is not the first fire. You know, this is not, this is not this is not even the first hundred fire. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at that, um, wait wait at that site. Oh no, not in that, not in that type. But within a block or two blocks, you could, if you were to walk around the, the, I would say, either either way you could go south, north, east, west, wherever, you will find that every every block has a stain of a uh, fire. You know, and, and I'm not playing with that one. At least one, right? Okay, at least one. And uh, so it's not something common. It, it, it was. It was. It, it was very common for us to be smelling smoke. Then I would I would run literally run to see to see if uh, if if it was a a fire or if it was uh, if if I if I smelled fire with the smell of food I probably wouldn't go because it meant that the that the homeless uh, were alive and uh, they were trying to eat something. But if I just smell smoke, I had to go because the truth of the matter is that uh, homeless when they're doing drugs sometimes they fall asleep with the torch open. And this is not something that I saw once. This is something that I, that they would just sit down, sit down on the sidewalk and start hitting the torch, and and uh, they would just fall asleep. A, a torch? You know what? What? Yeah, you know, like they would do drugs. Uh, I don't know what kind of drugs they were doing, but they would do it like in a pipe, and um, and they would do it with a pipe. And normally those people have like a like a little like a little torch, like a little cigarette torch.
2: Uh-huh. You
4: know, like a, that. You turn on your cigarette, but it's like a little torch. Right. And they would they would literally just like start hitting a thing, and they would just bend over and and, and fall asleep, but with the torch open.
3: <laughs> but but you don't think this was a homeless caused fire?
4: I, I I you know again when when I was when I was the uh, when the first time that I saw the raging fire, I had like I would say like ninety nine point nine 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 sure that it was a homeless. Now they're saying it was arson. You know, for me, it makes no difference. I lost everything.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, it could have been arson by a homeless person.
4: I... That 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 is true. That is true. Again, it doesn't change nothing. That my that my livelihood is lost.
3: Yeah, you don't you don't live far from here. You said you run over when you smell smoke. Do you live nearby or something or? Oh, no, no, no,
4: no. I, when, when I'm working, when I was working, working, I would run around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I live, yeah. I live, in, I live in Hollywood. And, I
2: live in Hollywood. Was your your business uh, like an open-air business? Because you said it was sometimes you know, there might be homeless people, or they you said there wasn't homeless people at your door necessarily. Do you mean a literal door, do you mean the front of the gated area? The, gate, the,
4: front, the, front of the, gate, the front
2: of the gate. Right, right. So you were working outdoors all the time with your business.
4: My my side of the small business, I created. It didn't have no real wall, but I created like a like a. I built a, I bought um pallet racks uh, systems, and then I was just I, I didn't buy them. They gave them to me. Um, they uh, they uh, I just built a, a like uh like a rack system around my my area and uh and that would be my wall then i put up a big uh, tarp around it so people wouldn't sneak in and that's it that's it that's, it. that's all i could do so uh,
2: so nobody ever from the state you said when caltrans came around it was caltrans right
4: it was caltrans also the fire department and once in a while walked
2: in there fire department the state fire department cal fire or uh, la la fire department
4: you know I have to tell the truth, and the truth is, I don't know. It it was a guy dressed as a, uh, as a firefighter. <laughs> a
2: Guy with the,
3: in a you
4: firefighter know? costume. Okay.
3: Yeah, well, did yeah, they did they? Yeah. So, did I mean, I, yeah, did they check, express any concern you know, that there was have, a fire danger there?
4: You know, they would check my uh, my fire extinguishers, which I had more than plenty, um, and uh, and they never really uh, bugged me, honestly. So they never t- I had my place clean. I had my place clean. I had my place. Obviously, I had a bunch of uh, I sell boxes, hangers for the garment industry, and I had obviously a bunch of boxes there and stuff like that. But for them to tell me, "Hey, you cannot be here," no, they're, they're you know, they, they were also good people. You know, I mean, the firemen, uh, especially whoever was the fire people that were taking out the plane and they there. Honestly, they're they're so, brave men. Brave men.
2: Yeah. So nobody from the state ever told you that uh the business your business should not be there that it was violating the lease or a law or anything like that
4: no man no no sir i I, no sir no no no, that 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 uh that that is definitely that never happened like i said i i hope i don't get uh uh the inspector in trouble because um, he he is a very nice man. I haven't talked to him in a while, but he is a very nice man.
3: Yeah. Well, well, what are you going to do now? Are you going to try to find another place to set up your business or? The only
4: thing that a working man can do is keep on working, sir.
2: Yeah. Do you have any insurance? Uh,
4: no, sir. I did try to get it, but as you know, the insurances are fleeing California. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't, uh, they would not, uh, insure me and they would not, uh, just so you know, like one, one of my neighbors, which he's a trash guy, has had two trucks. He had been paying insurance for like forty years. Like literally two months ago, the insurance left him, oh. and, <laughs> yeah. and and he had full coverage and everything. And now they're the trucks are gone, everything's gone, nothing was salvageable. Even if it was something was salvageable, the uh, the state the the city came in and. Cleaned out the spot without allowing us to come and see if anything we could take. Yeah. And I understand they, they want to fix the freeway. I fully understand, but at the same time, you know, it, it was it was it was our stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, like uh, for like for instance, right now we're waiting for uh for the fire department to release the report because I'm renting a, a, a if if I don't if they don't release the report then. We we in there the ones that once I had trucks, we had to be leasing in uh, a truck per day, which is three hundred and eighty dollars plus mileage a day. And um, and if they don't receive that report, we have to keep on uh, renting, which is a lot of money. For I mean, I understand for a lot of people, three hundred or four hundred bucks, is not a lot, but for us, it is. For us, it is. All
3: right, Rudy, we appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us. And uh, sorry about losing a lot of your business uh, items there, but thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks very much. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. That's Rudy Seraph, and one of the business owners who lost much of his business uh, because of the uh, pallet yard they caught fire under the 10 freeway. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640 Live Everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Johnny Ken Show,
2: John Cobalt, and Ken Champeau. KFI AM640 Live Everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, on the radio from 1 till 4, and then after 4 o'clock, it's uh, the Johnny Ken On Demand podcast, so you can listen to whatever you missed. Yeah, well, murder is an ugly thing,
3: but when a police officer gets murdered... It's a really, really ugly thing. We have an opportunity now to speak to Kim Klinkenbrumer. Uh, She's going to come on the show along with the fiancé of Deputy Ryan Klinkenbrumer, who was shot back on September 16th. He was stopped at a red light outside the Palmdale Sheriff Station, just 30 years old. A man who family members say is paranoid schizophrenic by the name of Katnia Salazar apparently drove up next to uh, Ryan's patrol car and uh, shot him to death. And, of course, just days later came the news from LA County District Attorney George Gascon. He would not seek the death penalty in the killing of the deputy.
2: Even a cold-blooded intentional murder uh, is not enough for Gascon to do what the law says should be done. These are the kinds of cases for the death penalty. So Kim Clickenbrumer is uh, the mother. Brittany Lindsay is the fiancé, and let's get them on the line together. Kim and uh, Lindsay, thank you for coming on with us. Kim and Thank, Brittany. You Thank, you. Um, Thank you for having us. Thank you.
3: Let's start by uh, e- either one of you, obviously both of you. Tell our listeners about Ryan because it's really important that they know this man that was so important to you.
5: Um, I, I guess I'll start because I'm mom. Um, he was just an honorable kid. He was very honest and trustworthy. He knew from a very early age that law enforcement was what he wanted to do. He's a fourth generation um, LA deputy sheriff and he wore that badge from the day he got it with honor He was very proud of of the badge and very proud of his p- profession and he served the people of Palmdale with that pride
2: did he talk much about the danger of his job
5: he did he knew that he knew that every day he he put that badge on. There was that chance that something could go wrong, but every day he put it on proudly, and he went to work proudly. Um, it's a risk we all I, that every law enforcement officer takes. And he really liked he really his liked this
3: job, huh?
5: He loved his job. He loved his job, and his fiance can tell you how much he loved his job.
3: Brittany, Brittany, let's talk to Brittany about, uh, about Ryan.
5: Tell
2: us more.
6: He's just the most caring, thoughtful person that you'd ever meet. Um, Just always wanted to take care of everyone. Um, Again, like she said, loved his job. He went to work every day with a smile on his face. Um, You know, I I would sit and pray every night that he'd come home safely you know, and he would just tell me, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, this is what I signed on to do, and I love doing it. And he, he, just, he was just excited to go to work every day. I mean, I I don't know anyone who is that happy to go to work. And he he did, and he loved it. Um, he's just a very hardworking person, and just wanted to make sure that I was taken care of.
3: And you two must have had quite a life plan together, huh?
6: Yes, we did. You know, we talked about, you know, even that day before he went to work, like, I remember sitting in the kitchen with him, and we were talking about how many people we were going to invite to our wedding, and our engagement party. Um, and just we already had, like, a semi-picked out. Um, it was going to be the following September. And we already talked about kids and names like we had our future planned and it was just taken away
2: kim uh talk about how you feel about the state that the whole region is in los angeles county with what's going on uh including gascon's role here Yeah, the criminal justice system right i mean i mean you you are now unfortunately one of the victims and that's a whole different perspective than most is, of the rest it of is, us. It, have. It's
5: a totally different perspective. And, um, it's, you know, I did some, I to say, I didn't do soul searching for the first 24 hours because I've always been taught that you give yourself that 24 hour rule before you try to make harsh comments. But after the, I just want to make it clear that we were not front loaded to the charges that were going to be filed. We found out when the nation found out. Nobody told us ahead of time. So we stood in as much shock as the world did to hear the charges and to hear the DA say that if I thought Ryan, it would bring Ryan back, I would seek the death penalty. Well, we're not stupid. We're all human beings, and we know that Ryan's not coming back. But the state of California voted for the death penalty. And for two individuals to take the death penalty off the table when the rest of us voted for it is ridiculous. And I'm not going on political party, and I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican. The people of Los Angeles and the people of the state of California need to open their eyes and start filling in the right bubbles for people that are going to protect victims of crimes. We now have a cashless bail in a lot of, LA County. So you're telling these criminals, you do what you want, you're going to get a ticket and you get to go home. What is society coming to? And I have to bury my son in four days. And I, as a taxpayer, am paying for the man who killed my son every day he sits in jail. And now he's getting his medicine for free. So his parents are sitting there doing whatever they want to do and they have their son, and I don't have mine, and that's okay, he made a choice. He chose to pull that trigger on that gun and take my son's life. There needs to be consequences.
2: Yeah, the majority of voters in California voted for the death penalty and has reaffirmed it several times, knowing that the death penalty doesn't bring the victims back. So it's a completely phony issue. Nobody debates exactly. that issue. Oh, it's insulting, Kim, that he said
3: that what he said about it wouldn't bring your son back. It's just a ridiculous cliche from the past that we hear over
2: and over again from these types. Almost, almost, really shaming you. It's like, why are you bringing yeah,
3: this
5: completely. up? It's not going
2: to bring him back.
5: And... It, I was disgusted. Are How you, dare have you, you been? Say I'm not bringing my son back.
2: Have you been
3: following this DA and his wrecking of the criminal justice system in L.A. County? Or is this something that you were just aware of after all this?
5: No. Obviously, coming from a law enforcement family, you know what's happening. I know what's happening. It's not right. But it started back, you know, when he was working with Newsom. And Newsom doesn't believe in it. And if you looked on the, I believe it was the KTLA app, they had Newsom quoting there was a big quote on how he doesn't believe that the death penalty solves anything. He doesn't believe it's a, it's a, uh, irreparable act. Well, what this gentleman did to my family is an irreparable act.
3: Right, can you both hang on? I don't for have another my seg- son anymore. Can you both hang on for like another that? segment? Sure. Okay. Thank you. Uh, that's Kim Klinkenbrumer. She is the mother of L.A. County Sheriff's Deputy Ryan Clinkenbrumer, who was shot to death just over two weeks ago, stopped in his patrol car at a red light just outside the Palmdale Sheriff's Station. Also with us is uh, Ryan's fiance Brittany Lindsay. We'll talk more to them when we come back, but you hear Kim sounding off about the decision not to pursue the death penalty against Ryan's killer. John and Ken, KFI AM 640 Live Everywhere, iHeartRadio app.
1: You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640.
2: John and Ken Show, John Kobelt and Ken Chapeau, KFI, AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, on the radio from 1 till 4 and then after 4 o'clock. It's uh, the John and Ken On Demand podcast so you can listen to whatever you miss. We are talking with uh, Kim Klinkenbrumer. Her son, Ryan Klinkenbrumer, was an L.A. County Sheriff's deputy who was shot and killed when he was stopped at a red light just outside the Palmdale Sheriff Station back on the sixteenth of September. We also have on his uh fiance, Brittany Lindsay, and they're talking about uh Ryan and we've been talking about George Gascone uh announcing publicly that there would be no death penalty. And Lindsay, I'm sorry, Brittany, if I, I wanted to get your reaction, we just heard from from Kim uh to Gascone uh and his uh no death penalty declaration.
6: Yeah, I just, I was in shock when he made that statement. Um, I mean, am I surprised? Not really. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, this guy, I mean, yes, you can blame mental health. Um, and, you know, anyone who commits a crime at this point, we can say probably has some, some form of mental health. Um, but at the end of the day, he still made a choice to drive over and to shoot my fiancé in the head. Um, An ugly, ugly way to go out. So I think that the death penalty shouldn't even be a question. Um, You know, this guy's meds weren't being monitored. So if he was really severely, you know, that mental, he should have been taking meds. Um, And, you know, I just want to also make a statement that my fiancé was not doing anything wrong at the time. He wasn't being reckless. He was simply sitting in his car innocently, and his life was taken away from him. Um, so I think the death penalty should be 100% justice um, for our family.
3: Let me ask both of you, because now that we know that mental illness may enter into this, we may have a situation where you know he's going to plead some form of insanity. Supposedly, he's paranoid schizophrenic, the killer of Ryan. And he could end up just in state hospitals. He could be out. He's only in his 20s. He could be out in, in, in short order, the way they do things when it comes to uh, holding people in mental institutions. Kim, how do you feel about that?
5: It's disgusting to even think that. It's it's I, I, I can't even fathom that this individual could be back on the streets. And that's on the table. I mean, it's very true because, as Mr. Gascon said, we are going to try to seek life in prison without parole. We're going to try. And you
3: you probably know where life in prison without parole is going these days. Uh, Gascon himself has talked about how 15 years should be enough for any crime. Uh, They don't really want people to stay in prison for the rest of their lives.
5: And that's disgusting. And and again, I will go back to, it's not a political party. We need to go back to what's right and what's wrong. And when you commit a crime, you've made a choice. I don't care if the crime is petty theft, burglary, assault, or murder. You made a choice. You need to pay the price for that choice. And I know mental health is, They're saying he was schizophrenic. Well, then that goes on to the parents, too. If you weren't giving him his meds or how was there guns in the house, that's a whole other issue.
2: Yeah, the parents are very culpable in all this because he wasn't getting his meds and there were guns in the house. And all that's inexcusable. And I really don't think anyone should put up with these excuses anymore from the family members.
6: No, we, we
5: shouldn't. We shouldn't even have to. But but with, with charges like that being given, they're enabling the parents to say that. You know, they said that they tried, I think the mom said that she tried to reach out to the sheriff's department to help her help her son, and they didn't do anything. Well, nobody helped me raise my son. Nobody helped me raise my other kids. My, I have two boys that are law enforcement officers. They didn't help me raise my kids. I raised my children. Maybe she should have done more to raise her child. It's not anybody's fault. We have to stop deflecting and take responsibility.
2: Yeah, there's more to this story because uh, very few paranoid schizophrenics shoot cops dead. So this is being used as a a cover to excuse uh, really evil behavior.
5: Yeah, exactly. It's being enabled, and we have to stop letting our politicians and our people in office use excuses for behavior.
6: You don't just wake up one morning and decide to shoot someone and kill them. You that's that's planning. That's you know, there's technique in that.
3: And Kim, going back to something you said at the beginning of the interview, LA County DA's office did not reach out to you to talk about the charges against the murder of your son?
5: Not one time. We were moving Our my son and her fiance from the coroner's office to the mortuary. We were asked if we would attend the press conference, and we said yes. And we were never told a single thing prior to standing on that stage with the district attorney.
2: Nothing. You were blindsided when he said we weren't that he wasn't going to seek the death penalty. You had no idea that was coming.
5: Completely. No, no idea. Terrible.
3: But this DA is not it's about awful. victims. No, he's not yeah. about victims. No, he
2: doesn't care about you either.
5: No. You and or if, Brittany. If, if anything, I, exactly. He doesn't care about our family. He doesn't care about the fiance that my son had to leave behind. And And the only time I've seen a bigger smile on my son's face than receiving and putting on his badge for the very first time was when he got down on one knee and proposed to her. And for that to be taken away and you tell me that his life doesn't matter is absolutely ridiculous. And people in the state of California and especially in Los Angeles County need to wise up when that ballot comes out, they need to fill in a different bubble because this man is not helping any of us. If you're a small business owner and you get broken into, he's not going to help you. He's going to aid the people that break in. He doesn't care about victims. He needs to go be a public defender somewhere. He should he's not got, hold the office that he holds.
3: And he's got lots of challengers. Our condolences, and you said services for your son are later
5: this week. Services are Thursday at nine thirty at the cathedral um, where he's gonna go out with honor. every honor that he deserves.
3: I'm sure there's going to be a huge turnout. Our condolences. Kim Clinkenbrumer and and Lindsay, uh, Brittany Lindsay, thank you both for coming on. And we appreciate it.
2: Uh, you can be sure thank that uh, virtually everybody in our audience feels uh, feels your pain uh, very strongly. And
3: they're going to be thinking you of you this us. week. Thank you.
5: Thank you. All
3: right. All right. Thank you for coming on. Uh, more coming up. John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere. The iHeartRadio app.
2: John and Ken Show, John Cobelton, and Ken Shampoo, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
3: Want to tell you about the 13th annual uh KFI Pastathon. What about Chef, it? Chef Chef Bruno's charity, Katerina's Club, you heard of them? Mm. Provides more than 25,000 meals every week to kids in need in Southern California. You can donate at pastathon.com, shop at any Smart & Final store, donate at checkout. Go to any Wendy's restaurant in SoCal and donate. Uh all the KFI hosts will be uh broadcasting from the Anaheim White House on Giving Tuesday, which is the big Pastathon day. Come out and see us all from 5 in the morning till 10 p.m. at night. Some people, I think, stay all day, don't they? They do. 100% of your donation goes to Katarina's Club. You can help at pastathon.com. Well, when I see this story, I can only think of Deborah Mark. Uh oh. I am going to ask. Trouble coming. Program director Robin Bertolucci to please send our ACE reporter, Deborah Mark, to Iceland. So she can be part of 800 earthquakes. Case you don't know, they are on the brink of another volcanic eruption in that country.
2: Ken would like to throw you into
3: the volcano. He's
1: so loving.
3: Yeah. I'd like to hear her live on the air when it's rattling and rolling and shaking, and then the volcano goes off and she's running from lava.
2: (laughs) <laughs> nice that's Does his, it work that way? That's his fantasy with you I know <laughs> See you running from hot lava What's funny though is is If she does go to Iceland The volcano probably will erupt She went to oh, London and the right. queen died She yeah. was supposed to go to Israel And then war broke out That's right Ooh. You killed the queen and started a war
1: And then I went to Maine And then we had that shooting Oh yeah Oh, oh my that's God. Right.
2: <laughs> A massacre broke out Yeah I know Wow
3: this is one of the most volcanically unstable places on Earth is Iceland. I went there in 2018. Had a nice visit. And wrote, you brought you, me
1: vegan soap back. I still remember that. Oh, that okay. was very nice of you.
3: If you like geological sites, it's quite the place to go. I mean, between, you know, all the hot springs and uh, all the, the volcanoes and everything like that. It's fascinating. They've filmed mm-hmm. many shows and movies there.
2: All that, uh, all that geological violence makes for beautiful landscapes.
3: It, uh, yes, violence is a good word for it. Uh, they're particularly concerned about uh, Grindavik, 35 miles from the capital of Reykjavik. Uh, they've uh, emptied the town. And uh, they closed down the big tourist attraction, which I also went to the Blue Lagoon Hot Spring. Oh. It's like a massive hot tub, John. You would just love it. I, <laughs> But it's more natural than... They, but they anyway. closed it? why? Oh, uh, Because it's too close to...
2: to oh. To, problems in it especially yeah, what, what's if, uh, what's the probability uh, that it's going to blow does it say anywhere because very lot, high oh it's very high so this is not everyone just, believes it's
3: likely to happen do you remember this happened in 2010 and they had to divert air traffic from yes Europe? yes you i know? remember that a series of major eruptions if this uh, i can't pronounce these icelandic yeah <laughs> there, there's it, it's, it's, a, a, it's the collision of too many consonants Yes, it is. There's
2: occasionally, there's A's in there, but they don't really help me. It doesn't help. No. Well, Uh, if there's a big eruption, though, it'll have a global cooling effect the way Mount St. Helens cooled the earth for uh, a couple of years. So everybody will stop crying about. Yeah, yeah. Temperatures will go down because the volcanic soot in the air, the ash, will reflect or or block the sunlight. And so things will uh, chill a little bit down below here. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm I'm rooting uh, for a big eruption because this will shut a lot of people up. Overnight Wednesday, 800
3: earthquakes were measured, most of them at what they call a magma dike, at something called Sundnuk, at a depth of what? three to five kilometers, okay. which is about three miles. Now, listen, you missed out
2: on your vacation this year, right?
1: You know what? Iceland is top on my list. Okay. Ken and I. A little
2: chilly there right now. I, I'm going to go now. I didn't ask Ken about this, but I'm going to out, go out on a limb because I think he would donate. If Ken and I paid for the trip.
3: Yeah, I'd go. I would go. I, right now? I would do. I'd go in the summer.
2: No, 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 no. <laughs> That's now. right. Now. <laughs> well, well, it's true. didn't volcanic. get the whole thing here. We'll, we'll do. <laughs> look, we'll do a five star hotel, uh-huh. first class plane. Okay. All meals. All
1: right, fine. Sold. You, you, okay. You, you all have, right. Have to,
2: you have to sit there until the volcano
1: goes. Well, no, I need to, I need to be inside. I'm going to be too cold. I'll go and I'll do my travel and I'll sightsee and then I need to come back in. I'm not going to stay outside. That's crazy. No,
2: you have to watch the volcano. And then thank you for your
1: very generous (laughs) offer, but I guess I'll have to pass.
2: You can go to the hotel at night.
3: It is a very, very uh, volcanic active area of the world. When I visited there, they told us that. And uh, they talked about that 2010 uh, volcanic eruption. Magma comes close to the surface in Iceland, <laughs> the volcanic hotspot. All right, John and Ken, KFI AM 640, Live Everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Don't say we never offered you something really nice. Well, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, come on, the summertime.
3: John and Ken, KFI AM 640, Live Everywhere, iHeartRadio app.
1: You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640.
2: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.